is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. 14-5. Right before the show, my good buddy Justin Bourne here says, you want a chocolate? Did you miss your window to eat it? And I'm like, I'm not sure if I need any more sugar right now. <laughs> you fired up? I think, I think I got plenty of energy. But I will have it after the break. It's minty and delicious. Thank you very much. You're Nick welcome. Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Frank the Tank, Sammy McKee with you for the next two hours. Yeah, I got a lot of energy right now. It's happening. Well, and terrific month by the Toronto Maple Leafs, closing Ooh-wee. it out with another big win yes. against Detroit. And yet... I got bamboozled this morning on the morning show. That's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> he did. So uh, you know what? This is this is how li- this is how oh, pissed off I am right now. Classic negative kipper. I've never used bamboozled in a sentence. <laughs> so you must. I've never have uttered been. Those, that word in my life. I'm not even sure what it means. <laughs> I think you're using it right. But boy, oh boy, did that. Social media PR machine over at Sportsnet. <laughs> wow. Just wow. absolutely bury me today. <laughs> you know, the on con- a, a terrific month by the Toronto Maple Leafs, on a terrific run by Mitch Marner. And I'm trending right now because they took one little tiny clip <laughs> off a morning show hit I did with Ailish and Justin. Yeah. Cuthbert. Yeah. And now I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I'm the bad guy. Scram beat it. How are you going to take all this positive juju the Leafs have going and come out there and talk about two years from now, summer, negative? I mean. Did anybody hear it? Or are we just going, we're just basing what, uh, like, social media is now you know, absolutely uh, killing me. Some people don't like to do radio at all because of the idea of getting radioed, right? Where they grab, like, a little snippet and they're like, yeah, yeah. I got he radioed. did say that. I got radioed. I, I, I got radioed. I, I know these guys behind the scenes don't think you did. I, th- listen, I think you got radioed. Listen. I, I mean. You still said you said it like you said those things about Matthews. Okay, well, like there's a lot of people right now uh, still don't know what we're talking about, so let's kind of clarify it. I did a uh, a radio hit this morning. We talked Leafs. I hope we so. We talked Marner and then Alish and Justin. And for the record, I want to go and make it clear. Mm-hmm. Have the utmost respect for both of them. Yeah, just doing their jobs. Yeah. They ain't who I got a problem with right now. Okay. Okay? So we go through the process of Leafs, Marner, records, blah, 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 blah. Like what we're going to do in five minutes? And then it was, you know, Matthews, you know, is, is getting going here. But, like, he hasn't looked like Austin Matthews, which we've had discussions on. Mm-hmm. We have. Ailish asked me, what do you think's going on? Mm-hmm. And just from a, an experience, a speculative uh, opinion, I said there could be a number of reasons, including, you know, the pressure of coming back off a 60-goal season. Sure. Possibly, uh, maybe 
maybe it's a conditioning thing. Maybe he didn't train as hard. Maybe he doesn't have the legs that he had. We're all just spitballing here. Spitballing, more spitballing. And then I brought up the contract. Mm -hmm. And then that led into, uh, do you think he's leaving (laughs) or staying? And I gave Matthews a ton of credit for answering it once and then putting it to bed. Yeah. But I, I got to answer the question. I cannot not answer the question. I was asked a question. I answered it. Yeah. And first off, I no, said, no one should be held to anything that happens before 7 a.m. Uh, yeah. Thank you. It was 7.05, I think. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> 7.10 then. So I, I said, I'm, I'm with everybody else. I haven't, I haven't got a clue. Yeah. And I think the only ones that really know are probably Austin and the agent, maybe yeah. the parents. And that's it. I think he's handled it beautifully. But... From the people that I've talked to, there's a concern that he could leave. And that was it. Kipper and says Matthew's did, gone. All they did was just cut and paste that one little sentence. Yeah. And trending <laughs> now. <laughs> Firestarter. Kipper trying to stir it right? up. Yeah. Uh, it's like I'm 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 Al Pacino and Scarface. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> Listen, well, let, I got a couple thoughts on this. All right, let's have it, Sammy. First thought is, is that a lot of the reason people are upset about it is because of the timing, right? Right. Well, how well no the reason playing. to have this conversation now. I also think a lot of Leaf fans, myself included, are absolutely petrified of this conversation. Yes. There's and defensiveness and sensitivity listen, about it. Listen, yes. I am in that camp. I think about it more than I should. I think about it almost once a game. You know, like, it's just like he does something sweet. I'm like, oh, God, you know, that's it's not that far away that we're talking that about this. Kit, yeah. And I don't, and I think a lot of anger is, first of all, like I said, the timing, you know. Oh, typical Toronto media. Can we have oh, some okay. And the fact that a lot of people are nervous about it, and they're probably projecting yeah. a little bit. So those are my two big thoughts. Oh, my gosh. Kid. And, like, I'm just... You know, it's kind of fun every once in a while just to read these. But to your point, uh, you know, everybody's sitting there going, why bring that up? It's uh, whatever. And then there's there's one that I read, and I think it kind of speaks to you, um, where they just, there's a few people that say that, uh, this is from Corey Landsberg. And I. Good dude. Yeah, really good guy. We know him over on the TSN side. Uh, But he says, uh. The Dubonites are crying immediately and immediately <laughs> trying to discredit what Kripper said about Matthews just shows how fragile and insecure they are. The Dubonites. What are we gonna go to war with our fan base? No, here? I think I don't think <laughs> listen. I don't I don't think Buddy, just, we're, we're just doing we're just we're just talking here. We're not we're, we're, not, we're not we're not picking a fight. No. Ah. The Dubonites. <laughs> Dubonites is a bit accusatory. I don't think it was just... Are are you fragile on this conversation? Buddy, I am a Leaf fan my whole life. Of course I'm fragile. Uh, Everything's great. I've been beaten down by this franchise for legitimately my entire life. Of course I'm fragile. But I'm not. I don't think it was just people that are fans of Dubas that were pissed off, Kipper. It was pretty much a a (laughs) wide-sweeping... Uh, Which is why off. we can't give this too much time because there's implications off last night's hockey game. But what does that mean for a playoff team? Like, is the team better? There's current stuff. I understand why you had to answer the question. I understand why we're talking about it now. Yeah, and I but, think, but there's also that reminder too because Matthew Kachuk's going into Calgary, mm-hmm. right? 
and that's going to be an emotional a game, 100% for sure. Think they can get Huberto for Matthews? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, kidding. So, um, but I, I get it, and I did not anticipate or go down that path. I was led to it. I, I answered the question, and... Uh, Leading the witness. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Goodbye, me, Kipper. Sammy, you good? 100%. But <laughs> I, I will say, I woke up this morning around 730, and I looked at my phone, and that's the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> Kipper, what have we done? So I was one of the Duvanites at first, a little pissed off. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they were like, what'd you think of the power play? And he was like, Matthews to the Kings. <laughs> oh, man, hey, I'm honestly, though, Kipper. He could stay. Hey. He could go. I don't think he knows. That's why I think it's like debating what the weather's going to be like this morning. May 17th of 2025. That's what I said so this morning. So what are we morning. debating? Nobody knows. Can, can I say something here too, though? That this is why it's fun to talk about this team. Because people care. People are passionate. People want to tell the passion. People want to tell you to f off when you say something that they disagree with. People are passionate about it. And listen, I don't have to have your mentions today, Kipper. So that's it's a different it's a you different know story. How I for found me. out that Kipper said something re- reportedly controversial is I got a DM that said you and Kipper are embarrassing. Just waking up, like, <laughs> 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 what the hell did I do now? Oh my god! Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, let's go yeah. embarrass ourselves. The, the one consistent thing is we solve nothing after two hours every day. We do it really well, though. Really well. We're great at solving this. <laughs> Re- really well. Okay, let's uh, move on. Where, where do you guys want to start? Uh, just the overall conclusion to an incredible finish for the month of November. Um, Marner's uh, streak. Uh, Matthews looking like scoring looking goals in, 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 in the middle of the ice like, like he... Did all of last season. Yep. Where do you want to go, JB? You know, I think it's... Let's let's talk about the big picture that game last night. I thought that, that they weren't awesome, but I think it's really encouraging that the Leafs have a team that can look not awesome and still win on the road. Like, they they didn't give up a whole ton. They hung around. They got some finishing guys. That's the formula for this team is just play defensive enough that you get some chances and you, your guys finish better than the other team. Their goaltender plays well. That's the formula for this Leafs team to win when they're not at their best. Um, I Good would, sign. I would say that I was underwhelmed by the Detroit Red Wings, even though they outshot that the Leafs. That stinks. Well, that, uh, it was a big number by the end. I think they were up over 40 by the end of the game. But to me, generally, they never really seemed that dangerous. I don't, I don't know. I guess they had they the got, puck uh, way more than they, the Leafs. They did, but it, it just seemed like a common trend well, that we've been I'm talking just, about. They're on the outside. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at yep. the last, you know, few games, which even goes back to in New Jersey. And, you know, Nico Hischier back when Toronto was, when New Jersey was in Toronto mm-hmm. and, and, and beat them in overtime. That's the last time I saw the other team's best player. Play at their best. Play at their best. Sorry to say that, yeah. And then you go into some places and, uh, Kaprizov in, in Minnesota, they did a pretty good job yeah. of, of shutting him down last night. You know, Dylan Larkin, a few of those guys, frustrated. Yeah. Now, are, are they having nights off, or are the Leafs doing a good job of taking away their time and space? It Cause definitely I, is. I got I, I to give the credit to, to the Leafs and their attention to detail defensively. Yeah. I definitely think it's a sample size thing. They're like a, a game or two and you're not sure. Once they get on a run, you know, it's been however many games they've been playing well now. You start to go, okay, they must be doing something good, you know, as a group to slow down the other team's best players. Um, should we go to Sheldon? 
for his initial take on his overview of the game? Absolutely. All right. Well, I thought, you know, this obviously was not our best game of the trip. You know, for sure, credit to Detroit. They came at us hard and made life uh, hard on us to get out of our zone in particular, you know. But I thought, obviously, our goaltending was outstanding again, as it has been all trip. Um, you know, and again, I thought we we defended way too much because of our inability to break out. But I, I thought, especially in periods two and three, we really didn't give up the big chance. You know, um, a lot of shots in the perimeter, a lot of long shots. They obviously get a tip on one that goes in in the third there. But by and large, I thought the guys did a good job of, of allowing Matt to see the puck and the way he's playing, if he's seen that he's stopping it. I think that's a pretty good takeaway. You know, didn't allow the big chance. I, I look at my fancy stats stuff that I get. Uh, Sport Logic sends me a little thing at the end of Leafs game, and Detroit had the puck in their zone way more than the Leafs had it in Detroit's end. But nothing was really yeah. that threatening, you know. And so credit keeping these guys to the outside. It's, I know it's a little bit boring, but it seems like something to me that's repeatable come playoffs. Do you see a team that is? Playing a style of hockey that would be more successful in playoffs? A hundred percent. Okay. And I think that, to me, at times it isn't uh, pretty and it's not wide open. Not as fun, maybe. Uh, But that's the type of hockey that can help you advance in the playoffs. And not sure where it goes. Well, I know where it goes physically. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, again, it all depends on, on the team. And Leafs, particularly four guys, can beat you and outskill you on most nights. Yeah. And if teams want to go skill for skill, I think Toronto is at the advantage here. But if if they want to get in their face, you want to slow them down, I, I, I haven't seen the last few teams trying to yeah. get in their face or, or throw off their rhythm or just upset them. Mm-hmm. They seem to want to go toe-to-toe with the Leafs, which works fine. Physically, it will it will get harder mm-hmm. as the season progresses, and then we know what the first round is. Everybody finishes their checks. Yeah, yeah, playing against Tampa, but, Bay, which is a lock. But aside of that, <laughs> finished, eh? but aside of that, to answer your question, yeah. style of play is more conducive today. Yeah. For winning in the playoffs, yes, it's got to be some learning curve for the big four uh, in the way that they play. I just. They're so consistent. Like a guy like Willie Nylander, they had a stat last night that um, games this season with a point, and Mitch Marner was number one with a bullet, I think 22 of 23 games or 23 of 24 he's had a point in, which is... And second in the league is Willie Nylander. You know, it's not like he has stretches of five games where he no-shows like he used to, like he's used to be this roller coaster. He's just kind of steady right now, which is uncommon for his Every time he's out there, I got to think that the other team's going, man, if I can just get off this ice without him uh, burning me. Now with with Matthews starting to play a little bit, do you think Matthews is better or just to shot one in? uh, No, better. I think a little better. He had a couple Uh, more chances. Still not. As dominant? Yeah, I mean... It used to be almost a given that... Uh, Do you think he'll look like that for the Kings in two years? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I love it. Maybe. <laughs> At 15 large yeah, 15 a year. sheets a year. We just haven't had enough looks of him dominating yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought the last couple of games, right, five points in two games, shoots a couple in. The, the reason 
I thought he shot that one in or was so decisive was the play before he's, he has the puck in the slot and I don't know, did it just explode on his stick, you know, for the turnover before it went the other yeah. way. And I was just like, what is that's then, happened more this year than it's happened yeah, in the first yeah. five years of his career. Yeah, you're right. But that's why when he came down the next time and he gets a puck in the slot, it was like, he yeah. wasn't thinking, and, Oh, yeah. is someone else open? It, and, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. I was just going to say though, it, it is the five on five that he's struggled with. And now uh, the last few games, yeah, he's getting production on it, yeah, and that could be enough to turn the tide a little bit here. For sure, I do like. I think that when Willie and Austin are together, and Mitch and JT are together, you have two lines that play at different speeds. Like Tavares isn't fast, and Marner can kind of slow the game down, like kind of yeah. pulling people to you. Matthews and Willie are kind of more straight away. I think that's got to be hard as a D man when you step over the boards. You don't know if you're getting the line that you got to be up on or back on. I just think it creates some challenges for the D. Yeah. The other thing too is the real threat now on the power play. Uh, you take a bad penalty. Uh, they've established enough in uh, uh, November to really have teams now saying, oh, God, do I want a penalty here? And uh, yeah. how quickly can they go up one nothing or or a second goal uh, within moments of a, of a puck drop? Yeah. Face-offs, puck possession now. Yeah. They're a really good face-off team. They are. Led by Tavares. Tavares and Matthews, and Matthews right? are both really good. Really good. So Camp's the moment uh, you're in the offensive zone on the power play and now you're uh, two seconds, you're in a, ro- in a rotation. Now you've got a team you're on their trouble. heels. You're in trouble if you're killing that penalty and they got the yeah. puck with two minutes to go. So let's go to Sheldon on uh, on his thoughts on what he sees uh, both on the uh, penalty kill and I think on the power play. The one thing that stands out for me uh, in terms of you know, why we get on the right side of this game, and it's nice to see because it maybe wasn't the case on the trip, is that the special teams were really good. Penalty kill was excellent. I thought it gave us a lot of momentum in life in the first period there. Come out of that kill, we score right away, and we get a power play, and we score right away there too. So I thought that uh, little portion of the first period where we scored those two goals and get that penalty kill, a huge part of the game, and then the PK was good the rest of the way too. So can we have the Rasmus Sandin on the top power play conversation, boys? Because, <laughs> boy, yeah, you just, it, it looks way better. Just pucks to the net. They pucks, haven't scored a ton of them right? there, but now they no, got one. And they're... It just pucks to the net. He's making the right decisions. Yeah. And he's got that ability that um, I don't think, I guess he does, but like just the filter to the net, sort of that back foot wrister mm-hmm. that always kind of finds its way through. Plus, he seems to make the right decision on who to pass to at the top, which we always That's have That's the biggest thing for me. Like, he makes the right choice See, a lot of the time to me. The one thing, too, with Riley is I th- I thought he had an over-tendency to go to Matthews. Yeah. Well, there's sometimes Matthews is, like, deep in the zone, not, you know, the stick to the middle, not in a shooting spot, and he gets the puck, and it's like, well, what's he supposed to do with it there? Like, you know, let him get in his spot, and I agree. I A little bit overused there. But at the same time, there's other times where I'm like, it's Matthews, give it to Matthews. So I do get frustrated with Riley. One thing I did want to ask you, Kipper, I'm thinking about writing about this for tomorrow, is power play percentage around the league has gone up over the past 10 years pretty consistently. The Leafs are now 25% success rate on the power play. Yeah, They're eighth in the NHL Yeah, with their power play. And for the most part of last year, they were over 30. Yeah. And, and then it sunk like a stone. Right now, like eight teams are below 20% in the league or seven teams are below 20%. Yeah. 
any thought on why power play success rate is higher? Just more coaching and video work and. <sighs> yeah, nothing really I, stands I, out other than that. Uh, you know, teams are identifying where there's a breakdown, mm-hmm. maybe quicker. I also and, leave their star guys out more. I think I don't well, think they, they, to, they take whatever they want. But they didn't used to, did they? Ten years ago, I probably th- think that uh, uh, the second unit was a, a legitimate yeah, second unit, not yeah. uh, breadcrumbs. Like I feel like you know, if I was ever on the second power play unit as a player, I remember getting on the ice at least. Like now, it's right. like power, not power play two, yeah. power play who? Those guys don't get out there. I I think there's definitely a, a buy into that that. Uh, I'm making this much money. I have to produce offensively, yeah. and I will stay out here as long as I I need to. Yeah, yeah. Power play opportunities are up a little bit, but mostly just success rate is way up. So on something I'm looking into right now. Uh, the blue line still not an issue. No Brody, no Morgan Riley, and now Hollowell seems to be kind of in a little bit of. Uh, of a of a nice <laughs> soft spot here for him in in the lineup. Yeah, what an insane thing! They just had road games and they can't hide these guys and they're just humming along. So let's listen to Austin Matthews on Hollowell. I find this interesting. What's well, not to stand out? I mean, uh, the Big Mac is uh, he's the man. Um, if I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just uh, he's solid back there. Um, I told him after the game he's undefeated in the NHL so far, so it's definitely a, definitely not a bad thing. So um, you know him, uh, you know Mete, guys that you know have had to step in and um, you know play their role, and then obviously uh, you know guys like G Haller, Sandy, Timmy that are you know playing a lot more minutes back there are doing a good job for us, and um, you know I think it's just a full team effort all around, and that's uh, it's obviously positive. And like I said, we just want to continue to play and continue to keep it going. Think about what Hollowell was called Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood would would think after hearing a guy like Austin Matthews talk to him about that. Big Mac is he's the man. Your your confidence level. He went up to him in the game during the game. Didn't he give him the puck or he he, was it him that dug the puck out or he Uh, gave the puck backhand? I mean, what are it? Sick league, sick assist, just rims it off the off the off the boards. boards Let Austin Matthews two seconds later, it's in the net. Oh, that's an apple. (laughs) Eighty-one, (laughs) eighty-one. Yeah, just go to the ref. Back in the day, you used to be able to do that. Is there an open second assist? Uh, There are twelve on there. Listen, they're they're going to get they're going to get TJ Brody back. Hopefully, in in a week, maybe. You heard anything on him? This is the thing with obliques. It's like, yeah, no, I haven't. He could be no better. So, uh, Sportsnet. Social media PR. I have not heard anything. <laughs> so Can't just reports you know, Brody. Just leave yeah. that alone. Uh, uh, but eventually, guys, uh, they will get those guys back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to ask you now that where are you now with like how much help are they going to still look for? Yeah. How big of a guy they they want? Where's Hall now? We've seen. The worst of them, we've seen the best of him. Justin Hall of and Fame. And where right now. where does this move forward for Justin Hall? Boy, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what it is, but he is excellent right now. No, that's not what I'm asking you. I, I don't care. Where I don't give is a crap. he in playoffs? Yes, he's a viable, important part of the decor. He is a 19 minute a night guy in the playoffs on a successful playoff team. Dream scenario: He's on your bottom pair. Because you've upgraded. No, he's not. 
He's in. I, he's in the. He's 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 eating popcorn. Is that what you're gonna get at here? I, I don't know if he's still on the team. <laughs> no, man. What? Two yeah. million dollars. He's playing twenty-one minutes a night or something, and ably against top pairs or top lines. I think if you can lock in Lilligren and Sandine mm-hmm. for your third pair, and you have Riley Brody, Brody and Riley. You have to upgrade Geo and Geo and blank. I don't listen. I give him full credit, and mm-hmm. if he's brought his value up, but boys, you're gonna have to upgrade there for the Leafs. Now, are we talking about Sammy being satisfied with a one first round uh, mm-hmm. win, or are we are 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 they trying to win here? Is there an opportunity to get to a Final Four Stanley Cup Final? I feel like you're giving an awful lot of credit to Sandy Lilligren right now to say that in playoffs to, you know, six foot and five ten D on the third pair well, playing, you know, wouldn't you rather have Justin Hall out there shutting people down or? 100%. Uh, At the end of a game, who do I want on the ice more than Lilligren and Sandine? It's probably Hall and Giordano or Hall and somebody else. Cause it's just more defensively responsible. I'm not, going, the, going uh, the other way. No chance. I, I, I think Sandine's trending. And I'm I'm okay with Lilligren playing on my team in the top six in, in the playoffs. I get Lilligren a lot of credit. I didn't see a path to where he is now, which is just he's solid. Like he's just pretty consistent, good upside, looks great. So you're not you don't think the, the well, what if I just think keep they, it all only I, makes two million? Can't yeah. you keep him and still add? I guess only two millions. Not listen. Zero. I'm just I'm I'm talking about starting six defensemen in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. And, like, would you feel a lot more comfortable if you got Hall out? And if Klingberg's playing well and available for a first-rounder, would you yeah. not feel better about Klingberg in than Hall in? Yeah, but I still want Klingberg in, and then I want Hall with Lilligren or Sandine. Don't, I don't know. And, who, and Sandine watching. is uh, watching? I don't know. Yeah, You're, you're just telling me how be, great he is on the power gonna, play. You're going to use nine guys. You just told me how good he is on the power play. Maybe you need him on a back end here. Is, who, who's your power play is guy? Is it him and Lilligren is then? It, Hall and Lilligren who's in? You just told me how great he is on the power play, how much better he is than Morgan Riley. Well, That's what I don't think me. he's how much better, but I... Is I've he better enjoyed... than Morgan Riley? You just I'd told rather... me you like the power play look better. I do, yeah. Okay, Ugh. now you want to sit him out? Well, listen, it can be Lilligren and not Sandine who does the sitting out, but I'm also not 100% sold. I need some sample here on Sandine right. and that power play before I say... Okay. I'm sold on him in the power play. I, I don't think I'll ever want Riley back in the power play. All right, hold on, though. Where is he going with this? Where? Who do you... Who You want Klingberg in? I'd rather upgrade... And... One guy. I'd rather have one more. Uh, I, I agree they need one more. One more. Like, and I've said it before, uh, you know, you need seven, eight, nine guys. If, in fact. You love Jordy Ben as your seventh if guy. If, in fact, they, they, they look like eight. they have a few of those guys that can yeah. step in. Can can Jordy Ben do what uh, Luke Shen did mm-hmm. for Tampa Bay? And obviously stay healthy, hopefully. Right. But outside of that, I think they need to upgrade with one more guy and someone's going to have to come out like you said sandine lilligren or hall mm-hmm. but i'm not sure i want all three of them yeah. together starting the stanley cup playoffs but all right you know we're we're a ways away but just food for thought yeah and great i like that take uh in terms but, of it's a take but now we're but now we're talking about the playoff roster in november but i think there's it's all we should the, be talking but, about. but there's how many locks on the team there's a lot of locks 
I guess Hall would be the only guy that you would consider upgrading. Like, you know, you're not take. Are you taking out? Like, obviously, Riley, uh, Riley, Brody, both locks. Giordano, lock, right? Sandine, not a lock. Lilligren for me, lock. Hall, like, it's just it's a good problem to have. They seem to have some depth. This guy's playing back. 22 minutes a night. Sandine's playing 22 minutes a night. So well, what? To to lead him towards, you know, sitting him out. I like that you like Sandine. I like him a lot better. I yeah. think he's calmed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're less excited in their own zone. When he was with the Marlies, their greatest praise for him was that he'll take the simple option. Like, I, I think initially Lilligren, more skilled, would look to do too much sometimes. Sandine, like, if he had a guy, he'd give it to him. He wouldn't overthink it, right? And that's something he needs to keep a part of his game. Where you see it, you can do it. Just grab it. So, yeah, simple. I like it. We got a whole team defensive discipline clip as well. If we want to, one of the reasons these guys look so good is I think that the forwards have helped them out there a little bit. Why don't we have Sheldon Keefe talk about uh, defensive discipline? Yeah, I would, that's what I would say is discipline to the structure. I, I think, and we haven't been perfect with our decisions with the puck, but you know, for the most part, we've made good decisions there. But just our commitment to come back to our end and and fill the middle of the rink. Um, you know, their first goal to get in behind us a little bit there, but. For the most part, they're you know they're not in behind us. We're above the puck a lot and walking things up to the neutral zone, forcing them to dump it in. Uh, and if they do get entries, we're denying the middle of the rink pretty well as a team. D zone coverage just clogging the clogging the middle of the rink. All those things the guys have, have adhered to pretty consistently. And like I said, it gives you a chance to win every game, especially with the goaltending that we've been getting. And then we've got good players that can can capitalize. They're buying in. And I, I got to give Sheldon Keefe full credit. And even, even Kyle Dubas, when it was really hairy, and the one time we heard from Kyle Dubas, mm-hmm. he said, I don't know if you guys remember this, he said, Sheldon does his best work, you know, when when things get, you know, sometimes a little... Hairy? Hairy. A little hairy. A little hairy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're buying in right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, too, because, you know, we had many shows here in the wake of Elite Player Gate when he was walking back comments. The team's four and four. They're losing to Anaheim and San Jose and Montreal and Arizona. Like, you know, there was we had Keith Hot Seat Week here, whether we called it that or not. No, they had tough nights. But (laughs) tough nights. All right. uh, It's just par for the course, guys. It is. And I don't know if you're following a lot with the New York Rangers right now. But they're having the same conversations down there now with Gerard. They are, eh? Well, I know, I know they're skimming along. Like yeah. you know, I, I had high expectations for them. I think they've been really unlucky. I like their roster, yeah. but yeah. But that's what happens when there's really high expectations. Good team to bet on, by the way. And teams underdeliver. Yeah. So, but seems like uh, a distant memory right now. At least uh, going into December, going into Christmas. Things have certainly settled down, and uh, uh, they're they're banking points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's funny looking at the standings now. If you sort the league by points percentage, the Leafs are fifth in the NHL. You know, that's insane to me, given what it was. But this is all kind of falling into a pattern that was the same as last year. What was there? They went fifteen and two over a stretch last season. Around now. Um, yeah. I read something that, like, you know, Marner started a little slow. Matthews a little slow last year, too, before, you know, kind of going on historic tears. They're war- I mean, Marner's beyond warmed up. He's on his. But Matthews feels like he's kind of warming up. 
Yeah. Not that you want to mirror last year's shape, but the positives from last year are reemerging, which is wonderful news for Leafs fans. And this run comes off of, uh, man, some tough injuries on a blue line. Let's listen to Sheldon Keefe talk about that. Anytime you lose a guy, it stings and it sucks. And then you just get to work, whether you're a coach or a player, you just you got to press on. And whether you're a guy coming in the lineup or you're a guy that's that's playing uh, more, uh, in our case, if you're a forward, like everybody just has to play better, play smarter, uh, play more connected as a group, defend better, and then compete and find ways to win. So I, we've done that, and we've given ourselves chances to win each game. And when you do that, you know, we, we're a good enough team that we're going to find our way on the right side of it. What are your thoughts on like an in-season adversity theory? Like how much you need to go through to help you in playoffs. Some of the criticism about the Leafs had been nothing had gone wrong. Like the Canadian division, they just kind of won their way to whatever. They they lose once things start to get hard. You think about Tampa Bay the year they won the President's Trophy with 126 points. They blow a 3-0 lead in game one and never recover. Do you need to have gone through some things? Yeah. Yeah, the the answer is absolutely. It's... uh, uh, there's great uh, ways that you can draw off of 82 games uh, in scenarios when, uh, you know, you're down 3-2 or mm-hmm. 2-1 or 3-1 in the playoffs. And uh, the lessons learned uh, throughout the regular season have mm-hmm. to come into play. Yeah. And not only that, but for, for many of those guys, um, the Rileys, uh, the Marners, it far exceeds just your last 82 games when you start the playoffs. I was thinking we're that going too. Back previous years, postseason. Previous uh, postseasons yeah. and not getting overly excited and, you know, learning how to close out games, learning how to manage the clock. Like I'm watching their third period. They've got leads. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they're less excited. You don't need the fifth or sixth goal. Just manage the clock. And it can look boring at times. Yeah. But all of a sudden, do you remember, like, I, I couldn't, couldn't get over these stupid stretch passes in the first three and a half, four weeks where yeah. it was like 40-foot passes only to blow up or not even get to a guy's stick, and then you've lost puck possession. Yeah. That stuff's been cleaned up. It has been. Yeah, and I actually thought that last night, too, that when it was 4-2, it felt like, okay, Detroit scored. Could it start to get, like, you know, frenzied on Detroit's side? But, no, nah, it never really got there. The Leafs kind of took care of business. Think about Vancouver. When Vancouver's had leads this year and starts to slip away, yeah, you know everyone starts to tighten pucker up a little bit. And well, we well the Leafs are the opposite of Vancouver. They I think the Leafs have the most come from behind victories in the league. Do they're, they? They're up, they're up high in that stat, and the, obviously the Canucks have blown the most two goalie two goal leads in the league by yeah. far. So, um, and then just one more thought on that is that they're not giving up, you know. Bad goals or momentum-sapping goals. Good point. We, uh, we haven't discussed uh, Matt Murray and the goaltending. Murray, I think statistically, Woodley was on Bunkus' show the other day and said statistically he hasn't given up a bad goal this season, as in, like, one that shouldn't have gone in by whatever metrics they use. So no bad goals Every against. Every game he looks bigger and bigger to me, by I know, the way. He looked really he's, solid. He's putting a couple more uh, pieces of wood in those shoulder pads. <laughs> Just getting higher and higher. square. You... you there are some people talking about that, eh? About his game? How, how big he looks. I said it after the first game. I was he like, did. is this yeah, 11 or something? Yeah. Is this gear illegal? Yeah. You think that's... Don't worry about it. Keep it down over there, right? The saying? Leafs are working the, working the 
edges this social year. media from sports can you clip that <laughs> from sammy and just um tweet it out please so uh, matt so- murray cheating <laughs> sammy mckee seven games played this year one five of them it's got a two four four goals against and a 927 save ah it's crazy it's crazy you know like it's easy for me to contort myself to be like yeah i mean guy won two stanley cups he's under 30 years old yeah. I think uh, we followed Jake Beliefs, a good, good Twitter follow, men- mentioned, like, not surprising that a guy who has had success, sucked with Ottawa, came back and got healthy, is having success with Toronto behind a much better team. Should not be shocked it's, by this. What, so I hope it has a, a, a better ending, but it almost feels like a little Jack Campbell-ish. Like, this guy... Why are you doing that? Ah, what? No, no, no. He's, he's yeah, now on just a move run. on. He could end up in an all-star game. Yeah. Good point. Hope he skips it. <laughs> um, it has that type of feel. Oh no! Is this year last year? So let me, and every season prior. Let me let me ask you this then. So uh, Ilya Samsonov was speaking at practice today. He um, said he was heading in the right direction. It seems that he's day to day, according to Keith. They're going to assess it tomorrow. Now I don't want to be Mister Goalie Controversy Guy, but Samsonov. I mean, it's hard to remember now because it's been so long. But he was really good for the first bit of the season. He's coming back here. How are you handling this split? He's going to get his starts. And I, you know, we got to kind of look like you think he'll be back by next week? Well, apparently. Is that the feel? Well, or is he ready? Is he he could back ready. up tomorrow. Wednesday, or back up. Maybe, or maybe play. Who knows? He's a 921 save percentage in eight starts. Murray's 927 and seven starts. Man, that's good. You know what else is crazy? That's League crazy. average save percentage right now in the NHL is 905. The lowest it's been... I don't know. Would you sneak in Samsonov if he's healthy tomorrow night and then save Murray for Tampa Bay Saturday? Absolutely. Absolutely. If he's legitimate healthy. Like, you always want to give the guy a day or two more than he needs, but if he's able to go... I, mean, I might even sneak cleared. in Shalgren tomorrow if... if um, like, I, I, I'd that's consider a, that's it. Not, that's not a bad call. Like, Shalgren has not... Well, he cost him a couple points this year. Shalgren's San been, Jose. Yeah, he already lost to San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> They've never played down to their opponents. No, when, when does that happen? Oh, yeah. This is... Listen, Leafs haven't done Coming a, back home off a roadie against they a bad laid, team. They haven't laid an egg in a while. Tomorrow night could be a classic... I promise you, I'm betting on San Jose tomorrow. You are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, yeah. oh, it's going to be a dog game Mitch for the Mitch Marner Leafs. going after to tie a record. Yeah, he'll get his one assist, and they'll, they'll lose 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They were doing okay. <laughs> no, they're not losing to San Jose on Wednesday. Yes, they are. <laughs> Cliff, hey, hold on. Force that. Yeah, th- this is only... We do not a, agree. Unless they've changed, but the old Leafs would lose to San Jose tomorrow. For sure. Coming back off a successful trip. Just feeling themselves a little feeling, bit. They're, Media clippings. They're, oh, quickly, before we go Carlton to break. the Baron. Although that. Kipper did trade Matthews today, so. Kip, before we go to break, quickly, let's, because uh, we talked about the point streak there, there quickly. We just mentioned it. I want to listen to uh, Marner getting asked about it today, about the point oh, streak. Okay. Oh, it was last night after the game, so let's play it. But you're one game away from tying the team record. Does that sit with you at all? <laughs> this isn't going to stop, eh, boys? <laughs> no. um, I mean, yeah, you know, it's a hard league, man. It's, it's um, you know, I'm not expecting this every night. So it's just for me, I'm, like I said the last couple of days, I'm just trying to go out there and buzz and be myself and, and try and make plays out there. And um, it's been working. So just got to stick with that. Um, my guys have been great uh, finishing pucks for me and, and giving me the pucks that uh, I've been lucky enough to score on as well. So, um 
you know, it's, uh, it's more important wins, and that's what we've been doing, and that's why this feels great. Buzzing. Espresso-infused jolt cola of right. a player right now. Yeah, I'm thinking about Finity and beyond. <laughs> it's also such a lie to be like, I'm not expecting this every night. Yes, you are. You're easily... <laughs> Last night, you could stop, eh, boys? No, you better hope it doesn't stop. <laughs> right. That's if, a good one not to stop. If John Tavares scored last night on... Four of the opportunities, like Marner could have had seven points last night. The amount of times he, he set think, up, he set up Tavares like three or four times. I think end. there's a lot of nights, man, he could have three or four points. Last night, especially. Maple Leafs improved to 15-0-1 when Marner, Matthews, and Nylander all score in the same game. So, yeah, I mean, he scored three goals. So that's a good start. But still, haven't lost when all three of them score in a game. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, in the second hour or two, Eric Francis, uh, he's going to help us tee up Matthew Kachuk back in Calgary. And then uh, after the break, Mike Fuda, we've had him on before. Sit back, grab a lawn chair, and listen to Mike Fuda. Fuda, by the way. Few. Few? Fuda. Futes. 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 (laughs) Utes. The Utah Utes. Isn't that, uh, what was that movie with? uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my cousin Vinny. That's right. Two Utes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My, my, my Utes after the break. <laughs> You're listening and watching Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, we're waiting on Futes. <laughs> yeah. Mike Fuda. Former NHL executive with the Los Angeles Kings. Helped build Stanley Cup teams. Yes. Going to get his thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs and some of the things that we talked about uh, uh, in the first uh, first block here, including what kind of look the Leafs may have. How long have I known you, Mike? Over 20 years, and Justin tells me it's not Fuda, it's Fuda. No, but there's if you're that good of friends, you just let guys get away with stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Lombardi's been calling me for 15 years. When I crossed the border, it changed dramatically, but it's all good, Kipper. It's all good. <laughs> I took my dad once to an NHLPA event, and um, uh, uh, we're playing uh, golf with uh, uh, Baumgartner. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what my dad was calling him something completely else and i didn't notice it till the 18th hole yeah i'm like mom wow. like what's he calling you he goes i don't know but i didn't have the heart to tell him <laughs> just let him go for 17 holes eh? <laughs> oh man that's great that hey awesome. um i hope you're rip roaring to go last time we had you on man you were on fire fuego i'm i'm you know what I you, took, you're already um, sounding I took... way too calm for me <laughs> well my daughter just passed her. I got to give my daughter passed her uh, driver's license test today. So I just Whoa. had a wonderful father daughter chat. So I've got to get out of dad mode and get into Red Bull mode. Wow. Well, here's the question what, uh, what are you buying her feuds? Yes. Uh... <laughs> I'm getting a, a license plate that says Fuda. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Good start. Um, let's talk. Uh, the turnaround for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a great finish to November, uh, particularly defensively. Uh, what have you seen out of the Leafs that have, has been most impressive on their turnaround? Team defense, uh, a, a commitment to playing defense as a unit. Um, I think when they're at their worst, they're, 
they're blowing the zone a little bit too early and, and cheating for offense. And, and it's fun to watch. And it's been, and with the talent they have, you, you're certainly in an 82 game schedule. You want to see that, but I think based off their performance last year and wanting to have improvement, I think Sheldon walked it back after game two. And I think he was a little bit upset with himself the way that was handled. And I think since then he's been firing on cylinders. I think he's said, if I'm basically going to lose my job here, I'm doing it my way. And I, I think he's been, he's been exceptional, but Mitch Marner, uh, and I don't need to tell you, Kipper, but I've always admired Mitch Marner as a player. He is taking it to another level of play. And both ends, I mean, like that, when he stripped the puck off of Dougie Hamilton and Jersey and just basically cleared him away and then on one knee threw it out front, like that is, that's been some big boys that he's doing that. And my, I mean, I, I can only talk so much about Mark Giordano, but right now Mark Giordano is looking instead of a, you know, a guy that took a hometown discount and he, Kyle Dubas should be putting flower wreaths in his stall for that because he's playing like a $4 million defenseman right now. But it's like found a youth, his passion there. And I said, you know, it's been unfortunate because a lot of different Leafs have come back late in their careers and, and yet, and they've been great teammates and stuff, but you know, like Spezza or Thornton or, or Marlowe and they come back home and you, and you don't really get the mm-hmm. great, the great hall of fame kind of player that, they did it a throw career, but right now you are getting vintage Mark Giordano uh, blocking shots actually to a point that I'm like a little concerned about how he's going to hold up through all this because the heart is still 22, but the body is yeah. all in great shape. Right. It's just, yeah. he's just dropping in front of everything. And his, again, I talked to him last year and he was like, felt he was at the end of his rope. He was so lost so much confidence in Seattle he couldn't find any structure they would play there. He was playing, even for him to say he was playing way too many minutes, you know, first unit power play, first unit penalty kill, and the results were so diminished. And now he just seems to have slotted into a, a role. Uh, and with the injuries out, I mean, he's been awesome. And, I mean, even like they were booing Justin Hall, I mean, and for some time off the ice for weeks. And now, you know, these guys have really looked steady. And, 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 and you know, who, think, who ever thought they could have done it all without Jordy Ben too? <laughs> yeah, they're surviving in the absence of Jordy Ben. So when you watch this team play, and the goal is not to make the playoffs or to win a playoff round, the goal is to win a Stanley Cup. You're the GM. Where's your priority to add to this group here? I know that some people have said that, you know, Kipper and I have talked about the left wing position. Some people think defense. Where, where do you see is the most pressing need? Well, you guys discussed it before, and the perfect tight player, and I mean, I had kind of had a little bit insider information on the fact that he had turned down a a trade to, uh, uh, to to Winnipeg, but a player like a Manson, uh, that type of player, I think, is going to be critical for them in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think you need. Uh, I would stay far away from a like a Klingberg type player who I think is an absolute mess in his own zone. Although he's very he's offensively gifted, I don't think that that's what they need. Um, and then I try and get a, a like I guess he's a sure player. Like I mean, the problem is, and we talked about this the other day, is you got to find a dance partner. And there's so much parity in this league that it's easy to say, okay, um, Anaheim's out of it. So, of course, you're going to talk about Klingberg or certainly Columbus is out of it, so Gavrikov. But there's going to be some teams here that just have such a different expectation. It's not going to be that easy to find the right type of defenseman. And ideally, it's a right shot. I know there's a lot of talk about Jacob Chicken. I think you're going to have a big trouble trying – the pieces that they're going to want out of your lineup might throw off your dynamics. So I think that's a hard trade for someone like Toronto to make. But uh, again, and then I think I try and find a, a character type player, bottom six guy that's not going to you know blow your bank. I said somebody said it yesterday. Like, 
the kind of role that like a Corey Perry has played for teams down the stretch, where just a veteran guy that whether he had, whether he's dying to win his last cup, you know, unfortunately, in my opinion, I want Wayne Simmons to be that player. I don't know whether he can uh, anymore under the like because he's he plays the right way. Um, he obviously, I mean, Sheldon doesn't have as much confidence in him as he once did, but that type of player that maybe can fringe up on your second line, but but ideally is you know going to be a top playoff performer. Like when you see teams add like a Barkley Goodrow and stuff like that, it's a big body presence. Um, that's just going to be able to stand the wear. And I talked about having been on the plane and, and Kipper, you've won a cup. You see these guys, like you get to the third or fourth round the plane, guys are carrying like intravenous units down. There's ice packs everywhere. And like you just said, Borny, this team is not being, for a team that hasn't won a round, they're being talked about as Stanley Cup champions, and that's a grind. So you got to have some big bodies that are prepared for that grind. We're joined by Mike Fuda, uh, former NHL executive with the LA Kings uh, Stanley Cup run. I want to ask you just in terms of the process for you as a management team uh, to know a team may be close, and you've experienced this obviously with the LA Kings, and the process of what you think you have in October and November and the ability for certain players to change your mind. How often has it happened in the past or are you locked in? And I'm only using this because we had a conversation, Futes, on Justin Hall and if you envision him in your top six when it's all said and done and still maybe look at uh, Lilligren and Sandine as well in the lineup or do you just say, no matter what this guy does from here on in, I've made up my mind, we're going to upgrade here. It all depends on on your personnel and your belief. It's clear that they love him. Internally, they love him, and they don't see an issue with him. Uh, I would, looking at back, and we were always looking for an upgrade on that on that position. And and again, this small bubble, he's been outstanding. But over the in some tight situations, he struggled. Now, they might feel that he's going to be able to get through this. Um, he is a right shot D, which they don't have a lot of. Uh, but I think there's always that look for improvement. And when you get to a certain point, like we've gone through our, you know, get beat out, learn your tough lessons, and then we look at our, put our team up, and the, and the one year we felt we were ready to start run, and we, we well, traded for Mike Richards. And Mike Richards cost us Braden Shen, Wayne Simmons, and a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. And so he also got us two Stanley Cups before he had kind of fell off the rails a little bit. But you were getting – the real deal with regards to you knew your compete level was going to now be taken to another level. And, you know, you're going to have a, a just penalty killer that has got an ultra, ultra maniac competitive level. And then the, the following cup run, we were just really worried about somebody that could fire the, the, the big goal score and, and Marion Gabrick happened to be available. Right. So we were very specific about what we were looking for and what we felt uh, was going to put us over the top. Now our problem there, Gabby ended up scoring like 18, goals in the playoffs and then he took us to the cleaners on a contract we should have, we should have just let him yeah. <laughs> he, said, he was sitting in the dress room giving dean to show me the money to sign him we should have shown him the exit and i love marion gabrick but marion gabrick in a contract year is a dangerous thing because you get the best version and then as soon as the contract signed if you get a little nick on the fender they said, well, the Lamborghini's going, the Lamborghini's going back in the garage. 
That's funny. I think, what do you think? I think they need a grind. I think they need a, a, a big right shot D um, that can eat some minutes and play some, some talk, give them some grit and sandpaper. And I'd love to see an upgrade on on bunting. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, I just don't think. Uh, and I think if he's ideally on your third line, you're laughing. That, yeah. That that to me looks Stanley Cup. Uh, that's a little got more of a Stanley Cup yeah. look to it than when he's up high in the lineup. And it's not, I mean, I love his compete. He, I find he's getting exposed a little bit this year for this. He does have to remind himself that it is really, this is his second year in the league, not his 15th. Like, and like last night, I don't know whether I heard the right thing, but there was a little volume deficiency in the trite game. And he just laid into an official. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me, kid? Like, this is not... You're not. This is not going to bode well for your future in the style you play. If you're well, going to try and embarrass officials and they, like and, that, and it's not just that official. It's every official watching, watching or getting a clip of that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because they they, they stick together, sports. right? Oh, 100. percent Even when they retire, they stick together, and uh, even to a point that I mean, I've heard stories of uh, when the guys go in, like um, like when the McBill McCreary and stuff, when they go in to do the little talks with coaches and managers and stuff, like. They're, they know they're, they want to, they still, they, they've had great careers. He's a Hall of Famer. You've got to treat them with respect. And if you give off some of that, sometimes that arrogance, they stick with, they know that. And they pass it down to the field soldiers that are in the office. And it, it, it's not that they're going to go out and try and screw you, but they're definitely not going to help you. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I found you said it, like, as you kept early in the year, and I've now watched for it, is that when he does that, when he draws a penalty and goes down on one knee and, like, grabs his nose like he's cut all the time, and takes a knee, and then the ref has to come over and see if he's and, and very. I haven't seen him bleeding yet, but it's almost like a given that that's going to happen, and that it catches up with them. So there's time that they just they don't give him that break, and he competes so hard that you want him to draw penalties, but that's not the group that you want to rub the wrong way, and especially in year two. Yeah, you know the you know we're talking quite a bit about the forwards, the D, and what they need. Obviously, the goaltending is something of uh of interest as well i would say going into the season kipper you and i talked a little bit about this where it was like you you'll see what you get from murray and samsonov but you're certainly not not looking to improve you know like we didn't know what they would look like but there's a chance that this was the best they could do in the off season and they'd survey the landscape as the year went on at this point is it like is there do you think they should just live and die with murray and samsonov and i mean is that maybe that's their only option i don't know if you it's well, I think it's the ultimate sword they're going to either. And, I mean, I don't have the answer because even internally, I don't. Like, if you were to start the, to start the season, okay, Murray gets injured and all of a sudden Samsonov is the guy. Everybody forgot Murray existed. He's a, he's, a, he's a Band-Aid. He's injured all the time. Thank God we have Samsonov. Now it's like the only thing missing on Murray is the red cape and the kryptonite coming near the dresser. Like, and it's good for them to have those options. Uh, and the team obviously believes in him, but there's always that, there is that thing in the back of your head that won the injury bug, their durability. Um, and secondly, they've both shown the ability to go on long streaks of cold, to go with the heat that they bring. And now obviously right now, the way the team's playing, it looks great on Murray. I mean, whatever they're analyzing and moving posts off, et cetera, but he looks calm. He looks big. Uh, no, he's got, they've carried him through Samsonov, but I, Samsonov's probably getting back shortly, I would imagine here. But I, I don't know what else is out there in a sense of the cap space they have and the areas they need to address. Uh, it's almost you've got a hope. And I used to talk to the guys in Ottawa about Murray. It wasn't that they didn't think he was capable of playing well. It's that they literally would sit there with their fingers crossed every morning skate that he was going to make it through. 
and be available that night. And that's a terrible feeling when you're a coach. Now, it's a great feeling when the team's playing as well and as hard as they are right now. But again, over an 82-game schedule, the one thing you can't have is a cold patch, um, a long-existing cold patch. We see teams fall right out of it because of inconsistencies in that. And I, they've made their bet as far as their goaltending situation. I would be shocked unless there was an injury to one of the two, their two, Murray or Samsonov, if they even think about going in an outside market to uh, to upgrade in that. Future, a lot of the conversation pr- uh, before the season started was uh, the fact that uh, it didn't appear that uh, Kyle Dubas uh, had a lot in the cupboards left, either you know to trade for or prospects. Yet we've seen uh, Holmberg come in and do a decent job. This Hollowell comes in and just uh, makes sure that, uh, that there's no leaking in the boat. And, you know, where is the thought of Matthew Knives as being maybe almost like a trade deadline pickup if he can come in and, and be a, a heavier, you know, bunting for you? Is that is that still a long shot at best that college kids can come in and, and be impactful? Or is is there a chance of this happening? Well, that's a great question, Kipper, and he, for me, is the only A-plus prospect. And it's not a knock, but, again, if you're a general manager coming in and watching these guys play that are coming up in little bits and pieces and look decent, they're, not, they're, they're good players, but they're not, I'm not leaving with, like, oh, my God, i got to have one of those, right? They're doing exactly what you said, Phil Holtz. Now, this niche kid, he gave me my three best live viewings of any college player, uh, and I felt that he was going to come out. I mean, obviously the whole team stuck together because they want to try and take another shot at the championship. But just his physical size and his ability to skate, if there is a player in college, we've got to remember, too, it's not like I remember the year that uh, when Kitchener Rangers and the London Knights uh, beat out Mike Richards and Jeff Carter came in to Philadelphia as 18 or 19-year-olds and jumped right in. I mean, they won the Calder Cup, and then they were ready to go right away as 18 or 19-year-olds. These kids are a little bit older, right, the college kids, and – when you see this kid, he's, it's, it's going to be an adjustment for anybody, but if there's a kid that can make it interesting, it wouldn't surprise me. And he, his upside for me is much greater than Bunting's in the long run. Again, it's just the time you got to put in. But if there's any kid, and I don't know him as a person, about whether it's, he certainly plays a mentally tough game, and it's college, it's obviously different. You've got to see with any of those kids what's it like when the, when the cage comes off because he likes to throw his weight around. Um, and on an Olympic ice surface, that's great. Is it a little blood change? I, I don't know when the cage comes off and he's got, you know, guys with beards standing around spitting venom at him. But this kid is a special hockey player who I think has the ability. Um, he'd be the first player if, like, when, whenever, like, they talk about, um, like, a Chikorin or, or a big name or a, a Dumba or insert name here, what he was like a Josh Manson. But I would not. I would not even pick up the phone unless Kyle was ready to talk about moving me, uh, moving me. He's that's what I feel about yeah. him as a player. And, and clearly like Robertson, like this kid scores goals, right? But it's, it's hard to convince people when he's not good enough to be consistently in your lineup, that he's going to be the answer somewhere else. Right now. He very well, right. He maybe he is, but that being said, it's like you, those conversations on the phone are like, well, you know, we can't even, your coach, you're, you know, you're dead. You've got all these injuries and you can't even find a spot for him in your own lineup. You know, how, why, why is he the key shiny piece you want to send me for a proven NHL player? It's just, it's, it's kind of getting on the same page. Like I was thinking about tonight, like to Chuck, it's like, you know, Brad Trelving spends the whole summer 
you know, or a two-week period that just seems genius. You know, he didn't take, like, he didn't say, I won the summer, but that was like, wow, did he come out of that? And, you know, and then he wraps it up with eight-year contracts, puts up the welcome mat, and you open the door, and there's a pit bull staring at you <laughs> named Daryl Sutter. <laughs> and it's like, you've got to have that comfort level with your coach believing in the players and giving you that kind of, if you're trying to, if you're trying to promote somebody and move somebody, give them an opportunity and put them in a place you can succeed. So at least the asset looks shiny when people are coming in to watch. What's more nerve wracking for you, a, a game seven or um, getting a car with your daughter right now? <laughs> yeah, Skipper, that's a very good analogy. First of all, <laughs> getting in the getting in the car with my daughter is an absolute pleasure and a joy. She likes to sing to herself. So I thought Dean Lombardi never really sang beside me in a game seven. So we literally, the only game seven, we, it was there 2014. We won three of them on yes, the road. That's right. And, and and including the double OT uh, Martinez in Chicago. And I'll tell you, the feeling in the pit in my stomach <laughs> was gross, eh? Than watching, than watching my daughter not turn the right-hand signal on <laughs> in, an open, in an open parking lot at Barry Molson Center. There you go. <laughs> hey, it's great stuff today, man. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Kipper. See you, Maury. Yeah, thanks, Futes. Good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. I, I like the stuff on on Nyes as well. Uh, yeah, it's everything that I hear. Uh, there's a big swing on on Nyes being on un, opinion, uh, uh, untouchable. Oh, to uh, I'd throw him out there for the right guy. I'll be honest. I haven't followed up on his season so far. I got to dig in because it is interesting. What would be he could come in March, probably April. Uh, no March, I think March. Yeah, yeah but latter. Uh, it all depends on how far uh, they go, right? right. Uh, we're talking about... He wants uh, to win a national championship. That's why he's exactly. back this year, not trying to play yeah. for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL and win a Stanley Cup. <clears throat> I know Sammy loves that. <laughs> loves when guys return if, to college. Listen, if they're offering something that's going to help them, like on the left wing on the second line, it's going to shoot him in the net a lot, and they want Matthew Nyes, I'm going to include it. I, mean, I think the idea is that's supposed to be yeah. him. Yeah, that's but... supposed to be him. Okay. It's... It's too much to ask. Sorry, well, guys. it is, but uh, you, Way too you're going to have you're going to have a number of games to really assess that too. Mm-hmm. And it's, Matthew Nice comes there, in and there's scores only from upside. That yeah. There's only upside. He's going to sign. He's turning pro. We know that. A lot of people, the Leafs, were hoping it was going to be last year. Yeah. The, the championship game for NCAA is April eighth. April eighth. Thanks, Brando. Yeah. Um, so that takes. So hopefully, you. they're out before. And then. the season's over. What? April sixteenth. April 12th. Oh, the NHL season? Yeah. yeah, around that. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, it is heartbreaking to think, like, <laughs> the Leafs losing game seven by he, a goal. He Could he have helped it all He wouldn't be year? the first guy to score his first NHL goal in a playoff game. I think Kale McCarr did. He's done okay. His career's panned out just fine. Man, I'm just... Sportsnet, PR, social media. Matthew Nyes will be as good as <laughs> Kale McCarr. That was Justin Bourne. At Bourne um, underscore SN on Instagram. Go with it, Fabs. I was just looking back to that first cup that the, or the second one actually was more the, 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 the uh, sorry, the Cinderella cup for them, kind of. The Kings. Oh, yeah. I was just looking back at their games. I forgot about Gabrick. God, they had some sweaty games. Like yeah. this, this series against. That was against, a disaster re-signed, by the way, oh, yeah. right from the get-go. That's one of the better lines we've had from a guest on our show. He was giving me the show-me-the-money sign. We should have shown him the exit. Yeah. 
So game, uh, so against the, they played the Blackhawks in the conference finals. They won in seven games, like he was mentioning. Uh, the last three games were all one goal games. The the one that the Chicago huh. one went to two OT, and they won the series in OT against the Blackhawks in Game Seven. Yeah, the Kings made the playoffs as an eight seed, right? Like yeah. they and they beat Vancouver. In. Good Vancouver too. Yes. Really good Vancouver. It does sound like we're going to see Nick Robertson tomorrow night. Does he, it not? He's in he's Malgin's in, he's spot. In already. He's you in. know why Malgin's not in? Do you see him pull shoot on a on a four Buddy, check I up for two? Oh. I saw that. You're first to the puck by a body length. Oh, thank you for bringing that up <laughs> yeah. because I'm watching it going, did he think it was icing? Did he He just, he made, he was like Futz's daughter putting the left turn <laughs> signal on and, it's you and leaving the, 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 the lane, the yeah. lane, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, too much traffic here. Let's move. Let's move to the left lane. He did not want to take that hit. I have, two goals. You, hold you it can't on the show that. No, when you're in November line. and think uh, like I'm counting on you in April. Right. I thought that was over for him. Yeah, he was so good for a bit and stuff like that. And it's like, oh well, now Robertson gets well, another chance. I saw. Um, I thought I saw the same play, and as soon as it happened, I was like, "Oh God, Kipper's gonna be pissed!" <laughs> like I legitimately <laughs> oh, had that thought my to myself. Gosh. You know what killed? You know what blew my mind last night? And I looked this up because it kind of—I don't know, whatever—I thought of it as after that play. He has played as many games in the NHL as Justin Hall, or just about. He's got the 210 NHL yeah. games for Dennis Mulligan. Hall's at 230, 220. And are the majority in Florida? Where yeah. are they? Yeah, Florida. I think all the rest are in Florida. But the, he's played a lot of hockey. In the NHL. Yeah. I don't know. That was a surprising. Shouldn't be surprised that he's able to play in the league, but stuff like that's got to cut that out of your game. All right. We got Eric Francis, senior columnist uh, with Sportsnet. He's coming up after the break. We're going to get right into Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, man. Did you see his gesture after his goal last night? And gave it the... What's who's the wrestler? I don't even know. Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. What actor was that? Gilbert Gottfried. There you go. Just God, rest, God rest his soul. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to ask Eric Francis if we're going to see that same gesture in Calgary. No chance. Uh-huh. Let's ask Eric Francis. All After right. the break, you're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born on the YouTube channel and Sportsnet Now. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nine games on tap tonight. None bigger. Florida Ooh. Panthers Ooh. in Calgary, which means yeah. when Matthew Kachuk returns to the scene of the crime. What kind of response are we going to get tonight? I was hoping to ask Eric Francis. Oh, yeah, let's, let's pass the buck on that. Move this man! <laughs> What do you think off the top? Video uh, tribute? Yes, for sure. Video tribute? I, I'd say mixed reviews. A little of both. Okay, so where is the where is the video tribute? Is it like halfway through the first period? Is it at the beginning? First before stoppage of play. I, I, I would do it. Uh, yeah. Well, let's ask Eric Francis. Okay. He joins us. Senior columnist with Sportsnet. Uh, Eric, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for coming on. Uh, I know it's a big night there, so tell me what your thoughts are and, and the vibe right now. Well, first of all, Kipper, I love where you're going with that. I think we're on the same wavelength. 
they better get that video out early. <laughs> you, know Matthew, you, know, you know Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, don't spoil a good moment. If that guy gets one face wash in, this crowd will turn on him instantly. So I, I, I think in terms, of, in terms of your question, the, the vibe is, you know, it's somewhat mixed, but I'd say I think 80% of the people are going to give him a huge, great standing ovation. I think there'll be some booze in there, but I guarantee by night's end, it'll be all booze. I love that. I love that there will be an inevitable progression just because you kind of know what the the player is all about. How is How yeah. do fans there feel? If you're just running into someone at the grocery store, how do they feel about Kachuk? You know, it's funny how time heals, right? I mean, when he left, everyone was so stung by Johnny Gaudreau, mm-hmm. you know, leaving the flames at the altar that everyone was like, wow. At least Matthew did it the right way. He, right. he broke up with us with respect. He gave us gave us the ring back and uh, and it, <laughs> you know that sort of breakup. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, breakups are breakups, and and they inevitably you look back and you, you're sour. So I would say the average person at the grocery store right now is like, man, I really want to watch that game. I really want to see how long it takes for him to turn the crowd against him because there's 30 other rinks in the league who hate his guts. Why should Calgary be any different? I know for years they loved him, and with good reason. I think he's an absolute unicorn in the NHL. But, uh, you know, all good things must come to an end. Uh, your thoughts when you saw the, the hand gesture to the Oiler fans off his goal, and uh, he wouldn't dare try that tonight, would he? I don't think so. I don't think he would. I mean, I think he still has so much respect for this city the fans, um, I, I would be shocked if he did something like that. Now, if he scores an overtime winner, I'm not sure the emotion in him would, would allow him to refrain from doing something like that. I don't know. I He loves this city. There was never any question about that. I mean, he had six phenomenal years here. Organization treated him like gold, as did the city and the fans. Um, I, I think – I actually am really thinking he's not going to pull any of his antics – to be honest, guys, I think he wants, you know, I've talked to him about this. I think he wants to be known more as a Brad Marchand 2.0 as opposed to Brad Marchand uh, kissy face or licky face, whatever it was, you know. Like, he wants to be known for the 104 points he got last season. Matthew Kachuk is a top 10, 15 scorer in the National Hockey League. He was last year. He was this year. I actually saw a stat in the calendar year of 2022. Only one player has more point than him more points than him, and that's Connor McDavid. And I think it's only like two points. So in the calendar year, he's arguably, you know, a top two or three scorer in the National Hockey League. So that's the antics have been few and far between over the last year and a half, but we always just remember him because we know he's got that capability deep down inside to, to sometimes you just can't resist. Okay, I, I get it. And he wants to be known as a 100-point guy. Um and a skilled guy, and they've got that in Huberto. But I, I will say this, that Calgary isn't where they needed to be. It was built up, and listen, everybody was giving Tree Living Executive of the Year for being able to turn a, such a negative into a positive. Yet I'm watching this Calgary team this year at 9-9, nine and nine, I think, and I'm, dare I say it, they miss him. And do we just go back, Eric, and understand how special that line was last year with him and 
Johnny Hockey and and um, Lindholm and Lindholm, Lindholm. And, and how good they were. But the element outside of the skill of a hundred point guy was was that that intangible that he brought with his I don't know what he's gonna do to me next feel. Yeah. Yeah. Do like, they miss him? Do hey, they miss no him? They, oh my god, huge. They they miss Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk huge. And what what team in the National Hockey League wouldn't miss having the number one line in hockey, period. Like you you take the number one line in hockey and you disband and you only have one guy left and he can't seem to fit in with any of the other and you got nothing. Uh, this team is struggling right now to score goals. Like, I think they're 24th in the league in goals scored. I figured they'd be about 15th to 20th. I knew there'd be a huge drop-off. Last year they were 6th, and it was all on the power of that one line. So, yeah. you, hey, Kipper, you know, and, and Borne, you know too. Like, in an average NHL season, if you've got the number one line in hockey, they could probably win you 30 games just all by themselves. Like, on nights when the rest of the team is junk. Uh, those guys just show up, get their six or seven points between them, and win the game all by themselves. Right. Now the Flames don't even have one single top line, uh, let alone having you know a formidable line at all. They've just they're, they're struggling with chemistry from top to bottom in this lineup. And to your point, Kipper, it's so true. Twenty games ago, the way this team's looked at is completely different from the way this team is looked at now. It's it's a lot of things have fallen through. Well, and so we focused a lot here on the absence of those guys. Give us the state of affairs of what's going on with the Flames. So obviously the problem is they're not not getting goal scoring. That seems to be consensus. What else is happening with the Flames right now so people watching this game have a context on their season? Well, the other thing that they're not really good at is stopping the puck. And, <laughs> and when you, when you, when you, Major when you issue. can't score that much and you can't stop, and you can't stop it that much, you're damn lucky to be 500 right now, to be honest. Right. Um, hey, we knew there'd be we knew there'd be growing pains, but I don't think one of the growing pains anybody anticipated was that the goaltending would really struggle. And right now, like a week ago, they were the last in the league in team save percentage. Like that's, I don't know if there's a more important stat out there for goaltenders, but to me that is the most important one. And they're dead last in the league. Jacob Markstrom is uh, really just not found his niche. He's had a little spurts, but for the most part, he's, his save percentage is under 900, and his goals against is over three guys. Like, that's not NHL-caliber goaltending. And the funny thing was, when people looked at the Flames team, they said, okay, well, they lost a couple 40-goal scores, but they're just going to win games 2-1 and 3-2. They've got that great blue line everybody's raving about. They've got those three great centers, as good as any team in the league, and they've got a Vesna finalist in net, like, Boy, this team is perfect to win 2-1 games. Well, guess what? They're leading the league and giving giving up the lead, too. They can't lock it down when they get a lead. So there's a lot going on right now. And if I'm sounding overly negative, it's because right now they're, they're, they are in a tailspin. But I don't think there's any question. This team will get better. And, uh, and, and a lot of these, you know, the chemistry issues will be resolved. Jonathan Huberto will find his touch again. Markstrom will find his, uh, his, his form again. But right now it's a real struggle all around for this team. Eric, where would this put Daryl Sutter going through this right now, at his best or maybe at his worst, at his best? <laughs> That's such a good question. I, I I feel for the guys in the room. We we generally joke in the media that when he's being really nice to us in the media, he's being really, really hard on the players. <laughs> he's killing them. Uh, he's just killing them. I can't imagine how horrible it is to be 
in that dressing room right now, dealing with the misery of a coach like that who, in the best of times, doesn't allow them to, you know, enjoy wins or, or have fun. Uh, at the worst of times, I don't even want to go there about how Kipper, you've talked to players around the league. I have. Borny, you too. You guys know how legendary it is to be on a Daryl Sutter team when things are, are going sideways, and they're going sideways right now. So he's trying to keep a stiff upper lip and a brave face in the media, which tells me that he's just crushing these guys behind closed doors. How about uh, in, in positives for this team? What's gone well for the Flames so far this season? I know you mentioned it's in a tailspin, three straight losses here. Are there some bright sides? Any shining spots for you? Nikita Zadorov is oh. playing like a top line center in the national oh. top line uh, defenseman. Sorry, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Their best defenseman by far. Wow. Uh, Sutter said it from day one. He's been he's he's absolutely annihilating guys with his size and his physicality, which Sutter loves. And he's also contributing a little bit offensively. Um, he's blocking shots with the best of them. Eight shots blocked the other day. Uh, so Nikita Zadorov is certainly a bright spot for this team, but. You know, if your fifth defenseman is your bright spot, yeah. um, it says a lot about you know, you know where you are right now. And, and Michael Backlund's been really, really good too, but just doesn't have a whole lot to show for it offensively. But defensively, he's uh, he's been their best forward. I don't think there's any question. And as far as Huberto con- is concerned, um, still the benefit of the doubt to uh, get used to things. I don't know the neighborhood. I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> w- w- where are they with? With Jonathan. Well, it's minus 19 here today, and uh, he's definitely not used to that in Florida for the last 10 years. Uh, so, hey, he's not used to a million different things. Poor guy had to sell his Lambo, too, and trade it for a pickup truck. Like, there's so many different things that are really adversely affecting this guy right now. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, I can't really put my finger on it because we haven't seen any semblance of the playmaking star that made him got up 115 points last year. I think it all boils down to the fact that he played on a team last year that basically plays shinny hockey. And with fun hockey, just go out and score as many goals and hopefully we can stop uh, more than, than, you know, than we score. And, uh, and here you're in, a, you're in a massive structured system where there are lanes and, and all these rules and, I think that just takes a long time for him and Mackenzie Weger to get used to. They've they've talked about it openly, and uh, you know they still quite don't have the hang of it. Uh, so that that to me is the reason why. And plus, he's not playing with a Barkov anymore or 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 anything like that. He's playing with Tyler Toffoli. He's just playing pretty well this year. I should say that too. He's been a pretty good start uh, for them. Uh, but he's and him and Elias Lindholm don't have any chemistry. So yeah, and, and don't forget the other thing, guys. He's been on the third line for the last. I don't know, for the last, the bulk of the last dozen games, Daryl Sutter's Jonathan Huberto playing on the third line. And uh, a lot of people would think that that's a big mistake because it cuts down on the minutes he's playing. The more minutes he plays, the more chance he has to get comfortable and finally figure this system out. You know, the, the one thing that's, or, you know, outside of Huberto that I was curious about is how Kadri would look. He's at a, his first year of a seven-year, seven million per season deal this season. He's the highest-paid player in the team. You know, going through his numbers, he's uh, no points in the last five games and playing 16 minutes a night. What what's going on with Kadri? You know, it's it's absolutely. I was just out having lunch, ran into some fans, and it's unanimous in this city. For the first 10 or 12 games, doesn't Kadri? was even better than an advertise. People could not believe it, saying, oh, my God, 
He's going to get even more than the 87 points he got last year in Colorado. What a leader. Put the captaincy on him. Last 12 games or 11 games, whatever it's been, invisible. And and, and not for lack of effort. You know, right. i, I got to give him credit. He's always out there. He's still great defensively. And he, he can always give you that. You know, that's one thing Uber can't give you that Kadri can. When things are struggling offensively, he'd still be an amazing second-line center, one of the best in the league. Uh, the offense is dried up completely. I think he's got three or four points in the last 12 games, something like that. It's not good enough. This team is needing goals more than anything, and he's, uh, he's part of the problem right now. Okay, I'm going uh, to ask you one more because I want to just revisit something that you said earlier. Um, and I want Sammy and JB to know I would have asked you this even if I didn't go through this crap this morning on a morning show, and you don't need to concern yourself with that, Eric. But I would have asked you this anyway. When you said that uh, Kachuk didn't leave them at the altar, I want to know if he kind of reset the bar for UFA stars on doing that, or will we still see some play out their final year and slip away? I have no idea what happened to you in the moisture, but I'm going to kind of guess. <laughs> on your morning show this summer, when I said to everybody, hey, Toronto, guess what? You're next. Oh! Is it, am I right? I'm just am asking right? you if, if Kachuk re, re, reset that whole thinking. Okay, I think he, I, I to a degree, and it's, since he's gone to Van, Florida, I just saw him down there. His house is spectacular. He's living the, the absolute dream life that any NHL hockey player could ever want. Uh, players are going to see that that he decided to take a stand. Yeah, you take a few bullets at the beginning because yeah, you're leaving is really mad at you. But at the end of the day, you end up where you, you could be the happiest hey. in, in a great city in a great environment. And I'm, I'm not, it's going to happen to Austin Matthews, but I'm just saying it, there's a real good chance it's going to happen to Austin Matthews. Hey, and, and there's no Eric Francis or Mark Spector breathing down his neck. That's what they love, getting away from guys like you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And even the speculation that we're throwing out there right now, you know, and he was asked about it when he got to camp, and he basically said, uh, you know, his statement, I'm really happier. This is my second home. Okay. Matthew Kachuk at his final press conference of the year and Johnny Gajol, by the way, both raved about this city. And now they were both absolutely interested in signing long-term deals to come back. I didn't expect an athlete to say anything other than that. You have to say that. But when push comes to shove, you follow your dream. And Matthew Kachuk's dream was to go live where it's never minus 19. Eric, always uh, thankful for you to come on and uh, share your insights, especially with uh a game like tonight. Thanks for doing this. Cheers, boys. Enjoy the game. What, what's your prediction on, on when the first booze come out? Uh, I, you know, I think when the, the video comes, here. when the tribute video comes. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I think in the first five minutes for sure. First touch? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> first I, I hope so. I hope so anyways. There's a long history of booing. Guys like Doughty and every like every single time they touch the puck, like it gets kind of annoying for a while. I guess that that is a possibility. We'll see. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate you, man. Cheers, boys. All right, Eric Francis. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to blame you for the morning show bit, but you yeah. had to do it again on our show. I would have done it uh, for sure. Yeah. I'm just asking. Matthew Kachuk is going back I in. I see it. the relevance. I'm, there's relevance here. For sure. That's different. Do Completely you think, different situation. Do you think. Oh, his. Is. As a. As, and this could be Matthews. This could be anybody going in. Do star players now owe their organization to be up front? Unlike no. Johnny Goudreau and John Tavares with the Islanders. They don't owe them anything. All right. They don't, right? They, you know what I think the, the players see? I think they see the NBA. And I think they see the player empowerment era. And I think they see guys making deals to play okay. in the back hall and making it happen because they want to. And I think they think, why can't we have so that? I'm going to Sammy, super fan Sammy, and I'm I'm going back. I'm going back there. I'm sorry. I'm going oh. back there. July 1st, no contract for Austin Matthews. How concerned would you be to hear that uh, we're going to take it slow Ugh. and uh, we're, we're talking and uh, we're good. We'll keep the lines of communication open. How how, how how good are you there? How concerned was Colorado when he didn't sign on July first? Nathan McKinnon, you know, it's just like it's it's a different situation. I understand, but like it, it went into the the preseason before he signed a contract. I'm not in panic mode. I'm thinking about it. Okay, but like I don't like the comparison between Calgary. Like it's a completely different situation. This is the mecca of hockey. This is Toronto. This is you're the biggest star in the league. I think there's the certainly biggest. bigger risk for long term reputational ja- damage if you spurn Toronto 100%. versus spurning. You know, the Flames are still a big organization. Oh, yeah, but, not the, on, but they ain't the Leafs, it's boys. It's Canada. It's... They ain't the Leafs. Come on, Kipper. They, like, I know you want to stir it up. What's but that? they're not even close to the Leafs in terms of relevance and, like, what you can do off the ice. Anything better than beating the Leafs? Uh, hey? That's yeah. the irrelevant to their fan base in Calgary. Yeah, but... It, and the season ticket holders. They don't give a crap. No, but for Austin Matthews, considering his career, it is relevant that Toronto is Toronto. Yes. And making that decision yeah. is... But at least you're here saying, on good terms uh, or staying if, here or whatever. If, if he doesn't sign July 1st, you're still comfortable that it could, he could sign at Christmas. No, no one's going to be comfortable with that. No. But it also isn't doomsday, I don't think. I agree. I am with that as Until well. you hear that he, he does leave, right? Right. Then yeah. it's doomsday. Yes. yes. Okay. The day That's he fair. signs for another team is when I panic. I'll <laughs> panic a little bit when he doesn't sign July 1st. But listen, I just... I, I don't, wish I, we weren't doing this right now. No, I, I 100% agree with that, too. But I, Sorry, but uh, Kachuk's going back into a place where he had the courtesy to tell them, I'm not going to string you along for the, uh, the final year. Right. I want to leave, and I want to leave now. Do you and think Austin Matthews should do that now? No, absolutely not. I'm just saying, if he does have the feel, yeah. should he do it July 1st for, for the Leafs? A fair question. You know, and, and when we, when talk, we when, get there, when we in talk, my opinion. When we do the July 1st show, we could talk about it. <laughs> hey, was, you know me. Like, I like to get ahead of uh, everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's coming. I know. I see the, the vehicles coming, too. I think everyone sees it coming. But it's November. And I, I, don't, know. I, don't think, I don't think comparing Calgary and Toronto are yeah. the same thing. I, I, I just, Kipper, you, you've Why, been around what, this team like, your whole life. I don't life. understand. Like, it's, I'm, it's just they've got their fan base. The Leafs have their fan base. Oh, it's it's the same. No, no, we it's, don't believe that. Oh, you come don't believe on. the Leafs and the Flames are come equal. On. In what, revenue? Of course not. In terms of... What? In terms of what? Marketing power. Popularity brand, around popularity, the league. That, does, what that you meant can... nothing to Matthew Kachuk, and I don't think it means anything to Austin Matthews. What? 
Yes, it does. Matthews is the number one guy who wants to be the big star in the big market. He's that guy. Okay, then he he's signing. The, then End he, of story. I, he signs. He wears there. the fanciest outfits. He wears okay. like he likes to be a superstar. He likes to be under the spotlight. To me, at the very okay. least, he would like to not be Listen, booed if, by Toronto if, if, every time. I, I like Calgary. It, hated here. If you feel that's important and that's a huge hook for him, then I buy that he'd stay on on those circumstances. Hundred percent. Good he, team. He, good he organization. Just into extrapolating it out and talking about it. He's doing no, it. I right. Mind. Listen, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm good for you to say, hey, listen, he's not going anywhere. He loves it here. He's he's going to make two million dollars in endorsements. Hey, hold on. That's fine. I'm, I got no problem with that. You might be right. Listen, I think there's a possibility that on July 1st or whatever we're talking about him, but I kind of bristle at the the conversation I bristle at, and I've said it a multiple times here, and I'll follow up one more time is that Calgary signing for the Flames and Matthew Matthews signing for the Leafs are comparable situations. They're not comparable situations, in my opinion. The only thing that it is is they're Canadian teams and they're American yes. players. That's the only thing. If you're comparable. hated by Calgary or hated by Toronto, it is different. And I don't even think it's about the hatred. It's no. about the stardom. Yeah. Matthews loves being a superstar. There's nowhere he's going to sign. You can, oh, yeah, go sign in, in L.A. where you're going to be, the what, the 15th most popular Russell Westbrook, they cared 10 times more about him. You won't even get mentioned on the radio in, in L.A. Yeah. You're not even going to get, you're not going to be even close. Sammy, I think go I'm watching. A, go play in a college barn in Arizona. A, I think I'm watching a few good men right now because you're making an argument. I like it. You're taking a stance. <laughs> you're giving me reason to think that he's staying. I like it. Cal- yeah, I am. Listen, he's staying, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pissed off about it now. You did it, Kipper. You just <laughs> <laughs> knew it was coming today. Oh, I was like, vowed not to get done. Oh, the Leafs are red hot. Matthew Kachuk in Calgary tonight. I cannot wait. Buddy, by the time we're having this conversation, I'll be able to go inside with my tarp off. It's not even winter yet. We're having this conversation. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And you are steaming I'm back hot. there. I'm hot. I love it. Uh, all right, what else we got in the news? Uh, somebody uh, told me that uh, Flyers and Islanders, mm-hmm. I got a text, and it, all it said was, you're not going to want to miss the start of this one. Mm. Hmm. Do we have any backstory on why they might be yeah. angry at one another? Uh, yeah. Didn't they go at it the last time? Well, I did see Wallstrom yes. drag Tony D'Angelo around there the you go. rink by his lips the other night. That was fun. So the two names I heard was Ross Johnson and Nick Delore. Oh, that's a heavy. That's two Here Coke machines. Here we Just, go. Yeah. I remember. What do you think? I mean, Ross Johnson's a big dude, but Delore has got to be what? Is he the heavy, the, the toughest guy in the league right now? Yeah, McDermott? Right up there. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavyweight tilt. I, I just can't imagine being either of those guys knowing the next game. You got to get into that sort of thing. I remember sitting there with my dad at a pub and watching Dallas and Boston, I don't know, 10 years ago. Everyone dropped the gloves off the start. We haven't seen something like that in a long time. We're doing Yeah, there's some bad blood tonight. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, as we mentioned, uh, uh, Calgary and Florida tonight. Mm-hmm. How about Florida last night? They're up. Four to three with nine seconds left and a face-off in their own end against the Oilers, and they lose. I mean, Florida's. Did both teams lose that trade? Well, (laughs) I I tell you what. uh, There's some people that say that uh, they're they're worse than last year. 
Calgary, and everybody said that they're deeper and they're better. Florida lost so many guys, though. Like, yes, they're without Huberto. Yes, they're without Uyghur. They're also without Marchment. They had Sherrod at one point. They had Giroux at one point. They had, uh, God, they had a half a dozen good players that just left. They're without seven guys from last. They're a different team. And when we heard about the trade, the first thing I thought was, like, Jonathan Huberto, where, where is he going to fall into the Daryl Sutter hockey? And we just heard from Eric moments ago talk about that whole, I don't know, what, what was the reference he used to Florida, like pickup hockey or shinny mm-hmm. hockey? And I'm like, I can't think of a, a guy that Daryl would want less than than someone coming from a, a shinny hockey program. Yeah, but guys like Daryl also like guys who score, and Huberto had 100 and some points last year. Yeah. You would think he would be like, okay, Goudreau did that for me. He can be yeah, the he, next Goudreau. He, he, he did it doing the East-West thing. Goudreau did. Or Huberto did. Huberto did. Yeah. But and, that's not – Daryl's north-south, man. He's not east-west. Mm-hmm. You don't think he opens up his horizons a little bit based on his roster or what you know allows guys to have success? I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's not working right now. No. What's he have, 10 points? Is it that bad? Yeah. It is that. It's 10 points. Three and seven. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, on the other hand, I think Kachuk's just not enough. There's just not enough depth, and they're in uh, tremendous cap issues. Yeah. And there's not enough there for him to to make a difference on most nights right now. Yeah, they're they're in tight. They're in tight to make playoffs this year for Florida. You know, I think they're going to be a 100-point team in and around, which barely get in last year at that. Well, I think I think if we're saying who won that trade, it's still... If now seeing this sort of through however many games, 25 games, if you're grading it, I think you still say... I think you say Florida won now because they got the best player in the trade. And, like, you can, you know, they mm-hmm. have them for a long time and they can kind of build around that and figure stuff out, but I... Ten and a half for Huberto for eight <sighs> years... Cadre, seven by seven. Yeah, they they committed to it. Yeah. Chauvin got pretty horned up there in the summer. I had to well, do something. I t- what, uh, and Jonathan Huberto is at what eleven, ten, ten, ten and a half, ten and a half, ten and starting a half. next year. Yeah, starting next year. That might have been like I, I I'm not sure. A lot of teams would have gone north of nine. Really? Yes. Like, this guy, I think he was a I heart personally trophy. think that they over they were so. PR in PR mode on getting a new hero. Yeah. That I think that they overpaid maybe a million, a million and a quarter a year yeah. on Jonathan. I, I think I think he could have got away with signing him uh nine times seven. What's interesting is I wonder if Huberto and them talked about numbers and then he said, Okay, I'm also leaving a no tax state and whatever. You know, you, you got to give me another one because I'm coming to Canada and committing to being here. And Yeah, you can ask. You can ask. You don't have to give it. You're right. Right. He, he had 30 goals and 115 points last year. Which is a record for uh, left wingers, wasn't Gigantic it? Gigantic numbers. 85 assists. 85 assists. Yeah, just. That's Joe Thornton. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's great vision right there when you can do that. Yeah. All right. We had a signing today. 8.4. Five million in Dallas. Rupe. Hints. What do you think? Uh, I think it's great. I love Rupe Hints. This guy is awesome, even when he doesn't score fast, big, kills penalties, gets points. What else do you want? 
You like it? 6'3", 215, flying around. Got to be a point yeah. per game. Yeah, you know, it, 24 mid-20s. points. Mid-20s. For me, it just reminds me of, of hearing uh, Tage Lemieux in Buffalo sign his long-term deal, and you're like, first of all, you're like, is that a good bet? Yeah. Is he a star? Is he? I mean, that's usually your mm-hmm. your star players, and that's that's where the industry's going with those mid twenty five year olds, right? You got all the dice. You have to hedge. Yeah. On on the future, and at, did you not all think that Tage was overpaid off one thirty goal season, and now it's looking like a steal? I know. For they should pay him Buffalo. More. They should pay him more. Goal last night I sent to you guys. Oh my god! Just long and, and give, Lemieux's not a bad. Assessment. Give Kevin Adams full credit here yeah. for just knowing what he had or what he thought he had or how special that this guy can be. Yeah, and like those are sick hands all season long. Yeah, like those are human highlight reel goals that are coming at a fairly decent rate. It's actually you know he's getting to the point where you go. Where is he in the league-wide conversation of superstars of like if, you know, I always use the example, if you put every player in the league in the middle and let GM start picking one by one, how soon does Thompson go? First rounder. He goes in the top 30 guys, I think. I mean, he is, to me, he's elite scorer, huge, young. All-star break show, we'll do that. I like that. like that idea? All the players in the pile. We all pick a, a starting lineup. All right. Um, Rupe oh, Hintz. Just have a draft. Yeah. That's well, I mean. we'll have our own draft. Uh, Rupe Hints. I know this is, I love Finnish players. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I, me I too. just, I've always had a soft spot for the Finns. I really, really. Ready. I just, I respect them. I, I revere them. I, I love the Finns. So getting a good score in Finn like that, they're, they're hard nosed players. I love the Finns. Very hard to make angry. All right. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, well not my on the ice. is teammates. Oh, not yeah. on the ice, they'll be, uh, yeah. they're just easy going. Like the Swedes. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they are... Uh, I think so. The guys I played I with know, anyway were pretty... The most excited oh, Swede I played with. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. Very, very unexcitable. That's good. You yeah. want that. Remember Kelly uh, uh, Johansson? Mm-hmm. Kelly Johansson? Like, he played 23 minutes. He'd take his equipment off. You know, you know those Stanfield blue oh, yeah, underwears? The, yeah, they, the, they're usually drenched. Just waterlogged. He'd, he'd have like a little dot in, <laughs> in the middle of his chest. That was like... I'm like... You don't sweat. You don't get nervous. Yeah. You like Jägermeister. It doesn't matter. You know. I mean, you live the perfect life, my friend. You know, my dad always blamed uh, the Swedish players on his team for getting him into the chew. You know, because he had the stall beside. He was between two Swedes and the Islanders, um, Anders Kaller, and uh, and I forget who the other guy was. But he said that they used to have like a little thing, like a, almost like a little syringe thing, and it wasn't a syringe, but it was just like a thing you would pack into the snooze container. <laughs> And it would pack a little one, and they would just like and just like shoot it into the upper lip and leave it in all day. Guys oh, would boy. play with this thing, and it would just erode their upper lip until oh. they had this pocket up there. Oh. My dad's been, you know, chewing forty years since or whatever Chew it's been. But we filthy. don't recommend you kids. Filthy. I yeah. forget who was. Stay the, away from this stuff. My dad said some guys would have like a pocket. These those guys that It'd be went, a hole. Yeah, like almost up yeah. to their eye. You know, they just leave <laughs> something up there all day. Just this yeah. big pocket. Guys would tell me that you know you'd have to rotate the mouth. Yeah, because they right? it would like cut your lip, and you'd have to heal it on that side. <laughs> so you throw it on the left side of your yeah. gum for the next six weeks. Yeah, it's disgusting oh, habit. 
you see Kapanen out there. And then like, there's, always play like a, there's always like a bottle. The packs in, now. They play at the packs. There's always a bottle in the room that I'd accidentally spill. Uh, listen, and as just... a kid, I drank out of a couple Coke bottles. Oh! Re- re- regrettable experiences, I can tell you. Oh, I just threw oh, up yeah. in my mouth. Yeah, not. Disgusting. Okay, let's change the subject, okay. please. Okay. Uh, do we have a goalie interference problem in the league? No. According to uh, Connor Hellebuck. You know what? I, if you want to talk about goalies, that amazes me. Is if you want to talk about the power of the Leafs and talk about Austin Matthews and why he wants to stay or whatever, the power of the Leafs. I've never heard more conversation about moorings. Well, then that's coming right. off. Yeah. There was a national referendum that's why you're on moorings. Kipper, you like, tweeted a video. Yeah, they're like, I've listened to Freege on Thirty Two Thoughts. He's like, yeah, you know, they're digging around the league, talking about all the the different ice crews and all this stuff. It's like, I think I started that one too. You did. <laughs> you did. Right? You got but a little is, pissed off about that. There are a number of like varieties of ways to moor the net to where it is. And yeah, we, we gotta have something a little stronger, do we not? Are we blaming the you're blaming the goalies? Well, don't you remember a long time ago a few players had their Yes buttholes ripped out because the net wouldn't come off? Yeah. That uh, I believe was it Mark Howe? Yeah. Oh god, that was tough. Like I mean, it's a safety issue, yeah. and yet it's one that... No, it's uh, got to come off. There's no doubt. It has to come off on yeah. contact, but it's just looking a little too easy, in my opinion. And I know we've had this conversation where, where do you draw that line if it's a hard play? I mean, I, we've watched enough games to know what's a legit, you know, slide over to stop a puck and what might be a, a just a, yeah. you know, and... But the Hellebuck thing is different from that. Well, he lost his helmet, right? right? And he wanted a whistle right away when so you lose your helmet. So he's down the ice, no helmet. The other team has possession, and the refs yes. are going, nah, play on. And he's going, should yeah. I goaltend then with no helmet? What do you want from me here? Yeah, and to be honest with you, yeah, the NHL just basically told him, yeah, uh, try to keep your helmet on and play on. Well, that's... I'm yeah, telling you, I that's, they, that's what they, they're telling him. But they can't do that. I understand they are, but, like, that has to change. I and, don't know. And Connor did. I don't want get that, to that sense right now that uh, that they're really overly concerned about goaltenders right now. Well, that's okay. ridiculous. They are like, uh, we want offense. Okay, nobody wants to see a one nothing game. That's what they're telling them. Okay, well, I mean, this I'm just is, telling it's, you, uh, it's just such a rarity that their helmets come off. And Hellebuck's point was that if a player has their helmet come off, yeah. they're allowed to finish the play, like that they're in. And then they have to get off the ice. But this one went back to the point. Two passes. Ding, ding. Yeah. They a time. They wind up. A shot from the point. Like, Hellebuck's like, at that point, it's not immediately following the, following the play. You got to protect the human. In theory. That's <laughs> 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 the league's just like, to hell with you guys, but. Um, yeah, I think in theory, you're right. Yeah. But it's. Do you every- think they should stop the play? Uh, yeah, I think. I think you got to. Yeah, I'm okay with maybe a pass or two, maybe three. <laughs> Just tic-tac-toe, Harlem Globetrotters right? doing the weave out there. Yeah, there's a, to me, it's like if the goalie has his helmet off and has to decide whether to goaltend or not, let's flag this down before he makes think, the hard decision I, I and wears one between the eyes. I do got to Well, have they to played think without him for 100 years. You know, I? with mad scrambles and uh, who's got what chin strap, uh, it might be easy to kind of knock a, a helmet off. Well, that, that's the other risk is I've played right? with a goalie who used to knock his own helmet off in scrums to get to get the refs to blow it down. He'd give it the old shruggeroo. All but right, yeah. fun show, Sammy. Had a blast. Except the Matthew stuff. There we are. You got a good reaction on me, what you wanted, so. 
Mission accomplished, Kipper. Way to go. Uh, Stop it. Go. I'm not clickbait, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the Sportsnet never. PR, social media PR. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't clip anything. I didn't put anything out on social media. I blame them. <laughs> All right. All right. Our thanks to Eric Francis. Yeah. Mike Feuda. And, of course, this great team here at Real Kipper and Born. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a rating and review. Thumbs up. We're back tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody.